When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the official Wildcat Podcast, presented by Kansas Land Tire. Now, with almost 50 combined years on the K-State Sports Network, here are your hosts, Wyatt Thompson and Stan Weber. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Weekly Podcast, presented by Kansas Land Tire. I'm voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, alongside his former K-State football standout and analyst for football and basketball for many, many years, Mr. Stan Weber. Stan, great to have you back with us as we talk Kansas State basketball today. The Wildcats, well, they're off to a really good start at 2-0 in league play. So is Baylor, so is Tech, and K-State and Tech will meet this weekend. But before we jump into that, let's kind of talk about uh, where K-State basketball is right now with that good 2-0 start. When you look at K-State, they're 12-3 and overall. They have been a team that I would say we've seen them grow as the season has gone on. And I think the good part for you and I both, I think you'll agree with me on this, that they're not really at the point yet where they think they can get to, and that's exciting. Exactly. Uh, Jerome Tang, when he came last year, told me something that I don't think most head coaches uh, spent a lot of time thinking about. He's a very deep thinker, but he said, when you get into the Christmas break, you take that pause, you have a choice. Do you try to keep the momentum that occurred in the first semester and roll right through Christmas break? Or do you allow some ability for the players to be part of their families, enjoy Christmas and live real lives as well? And how does that affect your basketball team? And he said, I don't mind that the basketball team kind of takes a slight step backwards, a reload step to make a leap forward. And I thought that was very interesting because everyone normally just pushes every single day. And I think that's what we're seeing with K-State basketball is 
There's a lot of room for growth, and we're starting to see some of that growth, both encouraging signs. Doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to be simple, and we're going to be back in the Elite Eight next year and or this season in 2024. It's not like that, but you think about coming off the Christmas break, Wyatt. They came out against Chicago State, and they struggled. They are behind at the half. Yep. And a lot of people don't even know who Chicago State is, and here's K-State struggling. It's post-Christmas break. What is going on? The Cats hit a gear did the work in the second half, won the game. And I think that's just part of what Jerome Tang talked about with me last year. You know, they took a little step backwards, and then they needed to gear back up and leap forward. They got the win over Chicago State, and you're wondering, where's K-State basketball going to be? Well, two games later, they've won a road game. That's hard to do in the Big 12 Conference. And we've learned in two short conference games through with these 14 teams, Wyatt, how hard it is to win in conference. doesn't matter what you're ranked or what your reputation is. These are going to be hard games. And you look around, and K-State's got a lot of growth and a lot of work to do, but there are only three teams out of 14 that are 2-0 and in the Big 12 in conference play right now, and K-State's one of them. Now, interestingly enough, the other two are their next two opponents. So here we go. <laughs> uh, and we know Kansas and Houston are going to be elite and, and get ready for Baylor to be a, a national championship hopeful and those kind of things. But I think just winning and advancing, seeing the improvement that we have, even from January 2nd against Chicago State to the last two games, I think it's a very encouraging sign. And it's definitely encouraging to look at the standards and go, well, no matter how good we are, we're glad to be 2-0 and because not a lot of people have been able to make it through undefeated, even through two games. Well, the Wildcats started conference play with a home win against UCF, winning 77-52, and then followed that up this past Tuesday on the road, as you mentioned, in Morgantown. And yes, the Mountaineers aren't what they have been. We all understand that the Bob Huggins era came to a close uh, during the offseason and all of that. And our, our friend and uh, former Wildcat, Josh Eiler, took over there, and they're just now 5-10. and 10. But I think when you look at that game, there are some things that, that you really uh, like in an 81-67 win. One, you don't win on the road in the league very often. Two, you don't win in the league very often on the road, double digits. And then you start to get into the team and the individual things. And and I thought we saw some really good things from K-State on both ends of the floor. They were, again, like UCF in attack mode. They got a lot of paint points, played good defense. So there were a ton of good things in many, many ways. Yeah, and I think individuality, uh, the individual view of this team is very interesting where you can get confidence talking about certain players when you put these two games together, Wyatt. We've leaned on the starters a lot and seen those guys grow and be able to take on the minutes and not look tired out on the court and refine their play and work better together. The defense for K-State is really starting to lock down. Now we've got six games underneath the belt where teams are averaging less than 60 points a game. So defense is really coming around for K-State. That's something they didn't do great at the beginning of the year. Individually, I think we can talk about some things. But before we go into the individuals, I think when you look back at that game, the, the ability to fight through adversity and come out with the kind of conclusion you like is a big part of this because the mentality of winning is something Jerome Tang's trying to teach this group. Really, a new group of Wildcats can't carry over much from what you had last year, and you need to reteach them how to win games, how to win close games, how to fight through adversity. You go on the road to West Virginia. Their backs are to the wall. They got a home conference game. They really need to win for their coach, Josh Eilert, who's a K-State grad. The players all understand that. And they produce a lead at the half. West Virginia led at the half, Wyatt. We talk about this double-digit win. It doesn't happen very often 
in Big 12 basketball. The last time K-State had a win of 14 points in a conference game on the road was back in 2019. Mm -hmm. So this is a great performance in the end. But remember, they trailed at the half. It wasn't as if everything went smoothly. The UCF game, now that was smooth. From start to finish, a really good performance. But I really thought it was great that they fought back, kept pushing forward, fought through foul trouble. Arthur Kaluma had to sit down for a while, but still at the end of the day, he ends up with 17 points. David Gasson is starting to put a consistent performance together. We know he can guard everybody, but he now he's getting in there with the bigs and blocking shots and making a difference there, uh, getting rebound after rebound. He's got nine rebounds at times, seven in his last game, puts up 17 points, his best performance. Kaluma has his most three-point makes that he's had as a K-State Wildcat. He makes four. How about Will McNair, Wyatt? 12-9 and nine for Will McNair out there. 12 points, his second-best performance. Nine rebounds, his best performance. And that leaves me the guy who really lit it up at West Virginia. How about Cam Carter? 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Had 23 points in a game. And that's after Tyler Perry lit it up against UCF. So those individuals, those starters, are each taking their game to another level where they're becoming more predictable, reliable, consistent, all words that are going to be important in this grind in the Big 12 Conference. I have to be honest, too. I, I think we should probably mention Dorian Finister and also Jarrell Colbert. They didn't have monster roles in the game necessarily, but what they gave K-State, and if they can do that moving forward, just makes this a better and deeper basketball team. Colbert, we have seen him at times really be – I mean, we know he's a really, really lengthy, good athlete and those kind of things, but it's just been the inconsistency. If he can become a little bit more consistent, Dorian, I think, is starting to get there. The last four games he's been in double-figure minutes. He played 21 minutes the other night. I mean, that that's a lot of time for him, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's well said. Uh, he was the first guy right off the bench because – Arthur Kluma only got to play two minutes before he had two fouls. Exactly. And he had to sit down. So Dorian Finister basically played the West Virginia game, Wyatt, as a starter. Uh, his rotation minutes were right against, at times, those West Virginia starters. And at the end of the day, he played big minutes for the second game in a row that he's done that, been a key factor for the Wildcats off the bench. That plus minus, like when you're on the court, what's the scoreboard do? When he was on the court, they were plus 10 on the night. And Jarrell Colbert only played just under six minutes Wyatt and he's plus nine so he was a difference maker blocking shots he had a couple of blocks clearing the boards with four rebounds uh, Jarrell Colbert is an athlete that has size there's a lot of good athletes on the K-State basketball team and they're going to need these guys to step up you think about these freshmen or you know with the Taj Manning those kind of guys day-day aims they can keep coming and making a difference but you don't have guys like Jarrell Colbert on many basketball teams where you have that capability that size to go be a factor rebounding, blocking shots, his length and defense, it's really important for K-State to maximize themselves this year to be the best that they can be for not only the starters to gel and become better individually and as a group, it's for these other guys to step in. And I think Jarrell Colbert is a real wild card, Wyatt. You look around and say, why could K-State be better 10 games further into the conference? And I would point to if Jarrell Colbert can earn playing time, that's going to be a good step for K-State because I love what Will McNair is doing and David Gasson. But if you can get Colbert in there in the minutes, now you can be more physical, not worry about foul trouble, and get some extra things done. So really excited to see what he did against West Virginia. 
Okay, before we uh, head to a little uh, sponsor reminder here, I want to get your thoughts on this uh, in terms of talking about the Big 12. You have four ranked teams in the Big 12 currently that are one and one. Number two, Houston. Number three, Kansas. Number nine, Oklahoma. Number 25, Texas. And then you have one ranked team that is 0-2 and and number 18, BYU. Are you surprised by that, or were you expecting something similar to that? No, I'm absolutely surprised because I think you just talked about a bunch of those teams were top 10. Exactly. You know, not just – if you tell me the 15th-ranked team in the country or the 22nd-ranked team in the country – is losing conference games. I'm not surprised at all because that's going to happen. <laughs> right. This is this, you know, any of those teams would be would be happy to be nine and nine when this is all said and done. Wide in conference play, give them ten or eleven, they know they've had a super successful run. So I expect that. But when you're talking about two, you know, second ranked team in the country, third ranked team in the country, ninth ranked team in the country, and they all lose in this you know 24 hour period, uh, that's a little bit surprising. I do think there's a factor that's going to be interesting. When you mix in new teams, they don't have the familiarity with each other, and that is a, a cleansed palate, okay? They are open to anything happening. So when you're Houston and you're an elite team that's thinking, we're Final Four and you ought to be intimidated because when the Cougars walk in town, we got a veteran coach, we're a physical team, we're going to beat you up like the old days, you better be careful. Well, the teams in the Big 12 don't know that about Houston, Wyatt. They're like, ah, okay, you know, let's just see what happens. And so Iowa State goes out and beats them. Iowa State says, we win games at home. Why wouldn't we beat you? I think it's very interesting when you mix these things. And on the other end of the spectrum, I think it's easier for a UCF to pull off an upset against Kansas because down the stretch, they have no reference point like, oh, we're supposed to fail right now. Or, gosh, there's no way we can beat KU. KU always finds a way to win at the end. You know, UCF's just playing a game, and we see that in football when Nebraska goes to a different conference in, in the Big Ten and teams start beating them. When Texas came to the Big 12, K-State started beating them. They didn't know any different. I thought it was interesting. What factor did that play in with UCF being able to pull off a giant upset against Kansas? I think they didn't know any better. You know, they weren't biting their fingernails wondering, are we going to blow this? They were just saying, hey, let's go get a big win. And I think with Houston, it's going to be interesting. Teams aren't going to be intimidated by the excellence that they have. Bring it on. I mean, we're bringing new teams together. And the reason why I say that, Wyatt, is I think it's going to affect the standings in certain games. But it's the theme of the next season as well. Because mm-hmm. right as we finish this season and go, we've introduced four new teams. We're going to go to new places. we got a, a different schedule than full round robin with 10 schools that we've lived with for a long time. Next year, we introduce a whole new group, and we got 16 teams. So, you know, a big theme for K-State basketball and Big 12 teams and K-State football next year is this newness of playing different teams is going to be a big factor. How do you react to the new environments, the new rivalries, the new coaching matchups? And I thought it was very intriguing. In two games already, we've seen some surprises. Uh, The nation may wonder, how did Iowa State beat Houston, and how did UCF beat Kansas? But I think that the fact that they don't know each other brings a big variable into play. Well said. 
We remind you from the freeway to the field and everywhere in between, Wildcat fans trust the friendly folks at Kansas Land Tire and Service for all their tire and auto service needs. Visit thetirestore.com for the Kansas Land Tire nearest you. Up next for the Cats, a tough road trip as they will be on the road Saturday in Lubbock, Texas at United Supermarkets Arena against the 13-2 and and 2-0 Red Raiders of Grant McCaslin. Here we go, another matchup of former Baylor assistants uh, with Jerome Tang against Grant McCaslin. And, Stan, I think they've got a really, really nice team. They've probably even been better than a lot of people were expecting, and I think the expectations were high. And one other note, this has been a most difficult place to play recently for the Wildcats of Kansas State. It has, and a little bit of hope is that West Virginia had been such a tough place to play. K-State had lost four straight games in Morgantown. They got over the hump, but that isn't going to help you against Texas Tech probably. you got a coach that Coach Tang knows very well. It'll be interesting to see those two guys go at it. And you're playing against a team that is very hot right now. Wyatt, they have eight straight wins. So Texas Tech is really playing good basketball, coming together. You always got the situation where you got new transfers coming in. But you look at the pieces that they have when they go out in the court. They really do a little bit of everything well. Pop Isaacs is going crazy right now, playing big-time ball, was Big 12 Player of the Week a week ago. Uh, he's going to be someone hard to stop, but it doesn't stop there. You know, they've got some guys. they got a coach who's legitimate but establishing his program at Texas Tech. And then when they win games, the crowd shows up. And that arena, if you don't know much about it, not many people get to travel to these arenas like we do, Wyatt. We sometimes take it for granted. It is a larger arena. I mean, it's not a college feel. It's almost more like a sprint center feel, a bigger arena. And sometimes that's a disadvantage for Texas Tech. If the home crowd isn't really there, it doesn't seem like an intimidating place to play. But when they start winning games, they fill it in with extra people, and it feels like you're in a giant venue with everybody against you, and they're getting after it. And that's what I expect, a tough, tough environment. In case they struggled in that environment against Texas Tech recently, got a new rivalry with coaches. Uh, if K-State can go out and get this done, this would be a big-time win. And we already talked about earlier in the podcast – being 2-0, and how fortunate you are to be 2-0. and Wyatt, if K-State were 3-0 and and had two road wins, oh, boy. Oh, my. Yeah. We'd be thinking completely different about this group of Wildcats. <laughs> there is no doubt. You mentioned Pop Isaacs. I don't know that anybody in the league is, and this is a big statement, and I understand that, but over his last six, Dan, he is averaging 21.8 points per game. And then you still have to deal with the Joe Toussaints and the Darian Williams and the Warren Washingtons of the world. It's a good club, and it just seems to me like they're playing with such confidence and free and easy movement offensively right now. They've got a click, and they really, truly do. Yeah, and whenever you have a new coach and things start coming together, the momentum speeds up. I think we saw that last year with Jerome Tang. The newness of what he was trying to teach allowed the players, when it started to work, to really believe everything's going to work, if that makes sense. It's not sure. a coach is in his 10th year. That's great. He's got his program. The players know what's going to happen, the ups and downs. That's all great. I mean, no one would trade having a great coach for 10 years. But why magical about a first-year coach saying, believe in this, do this, play together, and then this is going to work. And when it start to, starts working, they just automatically assume everything you say is going to work. And we saw that last year. I mean, K-State at this point last year, early January, did you think, did anybody think, I'm, I'm projecting K-State maybe as a Final Four team? Mm -hmm. No. The growth and development and the excitement level, we saw it, Wyatt, right before our eyes. Those players started saying, tell me more, coach, tell me more. 
He's like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to lob the ball up, and we're going to dunk this over a seven-foot head. It's going to be no big deal. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's go do it. Bang. And it happened. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that with Texas Tech right now. They're playing free and easy. They're believing in the new coaching staff. They've got talent. I mean, that's the thing is they have pieces. When you look at their guys, they can really make things happen. They're not dominant in any one area. And I mean this as a compliment. Right. It's a little bit like Missouri football, okay? Missouri football, when you're going against them, you don't just say, look, that part of the team is going to dominate you. Or Michigan, maybe that's better. Michigan, you're not scared of any one part of the team. But guess what? Everybody's good. And there's no weakness out there. And I think Texas Tech, if they really follow the coach's lead, will will do good things because where where is their strength and where is their weakness? As I study them, I go, well, they're not dominant at anything, but I tell you what, they're not bad at anything either. They got the athletes, and they fight and claw and do everything pretty well, and you add that up, cut out the mistakes, and get a little momentum. They've won eight in a row. They're a very good basketball team, but the cool thing about basketball wide is 40 minutes, and as Jerome Tang keeps reminding us, make shots. It doesn't always happen. You know, you can go in there and win. It's not, it's not outrageous to go on the road and get a win against Texas Tech, and that's what's this is really um, a fun, positive feeling, Wyatt. Kind of nothing to lose and everything to gain for K-State. Like I said, if we leave there, if we leave that arena 3-0 and in conference play and two road wins, wow, how cool will that be? And there's no way we're going to be down on ourselves if we leave and say, hey, we're heading back home to play a conference game and we're 2-1. and Didn't quite get it done today. I mean, I hope K-State plays free and easy. They're the dangerous opponent in this game to try to – you know, mess up Texas Tech's world because every Big 12 team is sitting there going, let's don't lose any home games. It's not easy to do, but that's Texas Tech's mentality. They're the team with the pressure on them on Saturday, not K-State. So a ball game that begins at 3 o'clock, ESPN2, K-State Sports Network coverage at 2 o'clock with the tip just after 3. And then before we do this again, K-State at home next Tuesday night. Don't forget that against the Baylor Bears at 7 on Big 12 now. ESPN Plus. That's going to wrap up our Wildcat Weekly Podcast this week presented by Kansas Land Tire. For Stan Weber, I'm Wyatt Thompson. Thanks so much for listening and go Cats! This has been the official Wildcat Podcast presented by Kansas Land Tire. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the K-State Sports Network.